The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. As you would have heard mention of in the news headlines there, as you've no doubt heard uh, throughout the afternoon, uh, Josef Pushka has been found guilty, convicted uh, by a unanimous verdict from the jury for the murder of the 23-year-old Offaly teacher Ashling Murphy. She was killed on the Grand Canal Way in Tullamore County, Offaly on January 12th, 2022. So January last year, she had 11 stab wounds in the right side of her neck which caused acute blood loss and her heart to stop. Henry McKean, uh, our reporter, has been in uh, Tullamore uh, today speaking to people. We're going to get uh, some of that reaction uh, from people in Tullamore uh, who knew her in just a few minutes' time. But with me in studio uh, to discuss is Gary Gannon, the Social Democrat TD for Dublin Central. Uh, Eve McDowell is with me as well, co-founder of Stalking Ireland and an advocacy advocacy specialist at Active Consent. And Orla O'Connor, director of the National Women's Council. Um, you're all very, very welcome, uh, folks, despite the, the day and the circumstances. Um, Orla, why do you suspect this case just touched a nerve with so many people, that it resonated with so many people in this country? Yeah, I mean, just first of all, to say, Kieran, just really want to express our um, sympathies and our thoughts with Ashley Murphy's family today. I think, yeah, it just really, our hearts go out to them. It's very hard to comprehend, I think, their loss and what they, you know, must have endured, really, going through that trial. Um, I mean, it, it was, without a doubt, a, a watershed moment. I mean, there was a nationwide outpouring of grief um, and anger as well in relation to the murder of Ashling Murphy. And it's something certainly that I think, I mean, when, you know, we organised a vigil in Dublin and I've never seen, I think, just so many people really come out for for a, a murder of a woman. And not surprisingly, because I think, you know, Ashling Murphy's murder really did resonate with everyone. It, you know, a young woman doing something that, you know, we just do without thinking, you know, going for a jog at lunchtime. Um, it was just such a normal activity. And I think that was part of, of what resonated with people. But I think as well, it, it also really touched people in terms of, because, you know, at the same time people were at the vigils, there was just this outpouring then of experiences of sexual violence and sexual harassment in Ireland. Um, and that was something that we hadn't seen before as well. Um, because, you know, and I know it's a continuum, it, ab- it absolutely is. But I think it really touched a nerve in terms of people talking about it and saying enough is enough. And certainly for women, and that was certainly what we experienced in the Women's Council, just women really saying enough is enough, we have to do more, this, it can't go on like this. So yeah, it, 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 it was that watershed moment in terms of the public's, I suppose, anger and expression of anger uh, in terms of what happened to Ashling. Uh, Eve, one of my guests earlier uh, in the show, I think it was Brianna Parkins, you know, made the point that unlike in some other situations, and again, I, I kind of I hasten to add that this is not an absolutely not about kind of creating hierarchies of victims or anything like that. But um, one of the reasons she felt maybe it, it, it did resonate was because I guess it ticked all the boxes in terms of an activity you would assume was safe. You know, this wasn't, mm. and again, I'm not, I, I, people might kind of construe this as victim blaming. I'm not, but it wasn't the kind of the walking home late at night, kind of dark air, any of that. It was middle of the day, a run, a, an absolutely benign activity. Something that you would think you'd, yeah. you'd hardly have to warn somebody about. Yeah, well, just as first of all, as I'll offer my condolences and sympathy to both Ashen family and friends. Um, 
I know it's going to be a very hard day for her and the people of Offaly and a lot of people in Ireland at the moment. I think a lot of us were really, really struck and, uh, by that case. But, I mean, I think what it was, it, it helped a lot of people realise that no matter what somebody does, they're still at risk of um, violence and the femicide. No, no matter what you could do, it can happen to anyone unless we get to the root causes of these issues. Um, so, yeah, as Orda said, it was a complete watershed moment and, there has been a lot more discussion since that, but unfortunately it was, you know, this case that, that took that. Gary, um, one of the uh, eye-opening aspects of those conversations that Orla and Sarah mentioned in the aftermath for me, and maybe this kind of betrays my own kind of ignorance or kind of, you know, the head in the sand approach I have to life is, is that I didn't appreciate, and what I knew of it kind of, if I stopped and thought about it, I didn't really appreciate to what extent the public realm was kind of, was was uh, something that I could enjoy any way I wanted. But it's not something that mm. women can necessarily enjoy absolutely any way they want. You're a runner, you could go out, you probably think nothing if you were working late of throwing on a pair of runners and running anywhere in town, anywhere in your constituency, 10, mm. 11, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, it's talking to me, fiancé, Claudia, before I left the house today and she was talking about the impact that the murder of Ashlyn Murphy had on her as also somebody goes out for a run and she talked about a validated the means by which she holds her keys, clutches her keys closer in her hand as somebody comes up behind her. You know, she's not looking behind for a particular individual. She's worried about the man running up behind her. And so oftentimes I find myself to be that man running up behind people. And of course, like I'm conscious of stepping out a little bit forward or you try to go a little bit quicker, you try to make that journey easier. Um, but today, even when the judge talked about evil being present in the courtroom, I mean, it reminded me of Tom Marr who lost his wife Jill Marr to a murder in Australia mm. and he wrote The Monster Myth which allowed that kind of evil, that evil doesn't allow the rest of us in society, us as men who are embedded in this culture to absolve ourselves from the society in which that evil is um, created and it's present. Um, so yeah, it's, it lays down the gauntlet to us. We don't get to absolve ourselves. You know, I'm a, I'm a politician, a parliamentarian. I need to accept the fact that like Ashland's so relatable because everyone that walks outside the door I tell my fiancé be a little bit careful but that happened outside most violence against women men's violence against women which is mm. insidious often happens at close quarters it's more to do with people who they've known it's endemic within the culture that creates it. and I suppose for me it lays a challenge down of how do we confront it how do I as a man talk about it how do I talk about it with my peers how do I talk about it with family how as a legislator what do we need to do to address it yeah. more importantly you know and I mean and the the, I guess the conversations you have with your peers and your family and in WhatsApp groups, that's the kind of the cultural change and the legislation is, I guess, maybe is the nudge sometimes that culture needs. But I mean, how how do you talk about it? How, how do you play your part? I, do play part. I remember on the Dublin City Councillor, which were in 2014, there was, a, there was a UN Safer City for young girl, for women and young girls audit that was carried out in 2013 that talked about how an infrastructure of a city by its very nature can create a sense of fear. And I remember having to talk to women about kind of when broken street lights are happening or you're walking past shops that are closed and I don't have to look behind me and be fearful. But like they do. 
I mean, that lays a challenge down in terms of how do we create safer environments, but also in terms of the culture in which kind of violent men are created. I mean, I have to step away from, I mean, how do young men become violent? How did that man become what the judge described as evil? And I think that's more endemic. That requires systematic societal change. I mean, Orla does incredible work with the National Women's Council. They're going to be doing 16 days of action. I think for me as a man, I have to take an interest in that. You have to take those suggestions that have been made and actually seek me, make constructive changes and also see yourself as part of that process. Uh, Orla, is that, and again, it's not for a moment to kind of... um to, to kind of try and paint some sort of silver lining on, on, on what is an awful experience, as kind of tragic as it is terrifying. But is that the opportunity here that shouldn't be squandered? I think that Sarah Benson uh, used that terminology earlier, uh, not squandering an opportunity to have those conversations and to, you know, you're not going to change culture overnight. It's a big ship and the bigger the ship, the slower it is to turn. But you could kind of maybe twist it a little bit in the right direction. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think exactly what, you know, what Gary is saying there in terms of men playing their part. I think that has to be a key piece of this, um, because I think for too long, the issue of violence against women has remained very much the sort of the campaigning ground for, for women's groups and women's organizations. And we need men to play a much greater part and, and playing a greater part is, is in lots of different ways. You know, it starts with calling out banter in, you know, in dressing rooms, in, in you know, places where, where men are. It's, ca- you know, calling out the, the sort of the type of talk that leads to sexual harassment. Like, that's where it needs to start. And I think as well, the, the cultural change piece. And I mean, and I, I certainly believe that the murder of Ashley Murphy really put this, the issue of violence against women at the centre of political agenda. And that's why we have a really positive um, government strategy on this in terms of the national strategy. But in that is about the changes that are needed in our education system, um, how we really need to talk about issues of consent, of healthy relationships. Um, you know, it's, it's all that, you know, talking, mm. talking about these things, but, but making it much more normal than it ever has been before. But it also, you see, and that's why there is no one solution to this. There's the behavioural change, but there is also the systems and supports because also what we've seen since the murder of Ashley Murphy is that more and more women are coming forward with, you know, whether it's about sexual violence or domestic violence, but the, the support services are, are overwhelmed and we're seeing waiting lists, waiting lists for refuges, waiting lists for mental health supports, for counselling in our rape crisis centres. And that's not okay. Because it's really hard to come forward and to, and, you know, to disclose, to talk about these things. But that's exactly what we want women to do because we want perpetrators brought to justice. So, but you have to have the investment that's needed. And that's going to have to increase year on year because, you know, we are in a period where women haven't been coming forward for lots of different reasons. And now that's starting to shift and we need the wraparound support. Mm from the moment someone someone does look for that support. I, I mentioned Henry McKean, a reporter who's in Tullamore today. Uh, here he is speaking to some of the locals about uh, that guilty verdict uh, for Yosef Pushka. I'm delighted. I knew the family. I knew her father very well. The justice was served today. Yes, definitely. And what message do you have for the Murphy family this evening? I, I, my heart goes out for the family to go put them through that for the last 18 months. It is. It's, it's, it's horrible. And God loved them and give them peace. Well, I'm glad justice was done and he got what he deserved. 
Yeah, pretty, pretty happy that the got justice for it. Now the family can have a bit of closure. I'd say Tullamore as a town is happy that there was justice served and she can now rest in peace. All I can say is if he'd done the crime, he's going to pay the time and we're quite happy and the law took its course and that's democracy. It was a terrible time in this town when it happened. Joseph Pushka has been found guilty of the murder of Ashling Murphy and he will be sentenced on November 17th. You're a local Tullamore lady. How are you feeling? I'm so happy for the Murphy family. At least we got justice. So you feel a, a huge sense of relief? Yes. That was the line I used to travel down on myself and my partner. So it could have been anybody that day, but it was horrendous. Did you know the family? Um, I knew her father. Her father used to sing with Best Foot Forward. Tullamore is quite a small town. You feel has felt the brunt of this over the last nearly two years? Well, I still say I wouldn't feel safe walking either. Still, just a matter. I still would. Uh, you still don't feel safe walking no. around Tullamore to this day? No, I don't say. I haven't been down the line since Ashley was killed. And I used to go every day of the week down the line on my bike, me, myself, and my partner. But my partner passed away eight months ago. So we used to go down there a good bit down the line. You wouldn't some. go on your own? No, I wouldn't go no more. I wouldn't go down anywhere on my own no more. Yeah, of course there's relief. It's just that it's finally served, isn't it, for her family and for her. Thank God. And how is Tullamore feeling this evening? I think everyone feels like there's finally justice. It's after dragging out for two years for them. But thank God, yeah, no, there is, there is justice. There is a good feeling of it around the town. So justice, justice was served? Yeah, but it's still a very sad day. It's not bringing her back, you know? How do you feel about Joseph Pushka being found guilty of the murder of Ashlyn Murphy? You've just found out. Just found out. Um, I suppose I can't imagine what it's like for the family now. Sorry, I'm just still... You're still trying to yeah, get come to, to terms this, yeah. with this news. Yes, yes, it's been a long time coming, which I'm glad to know it's, it's been concluded. Yeah. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. This is the hard shoulder. Gary Gannon, Orla O'Connor and Eve McDowell are all still with me uh, discussing the fallout of the guilty verdict for Yosef Pushkin, the Ashley Murphy murder trial. Eve, what would convince you that we're not going to squander an opportunity to change culture? Well, there has been such a large culture change, I think, since the case has happened. Like, I mean, the zero tolerance plan that was put in place by the Department of Justice has shown real commitment and even just general conversations in day to day. Um, I think it did open up conversations with all genders um, and especially like more emphasis around prevention and education, as Orla was saying there as well, which is very important because while it's necessary to have support for people that experience this and to have like sufficient responses as well, it needs to start younger, like these conversations need to be happening because by the time people are reaching secondary schools, they've already had um, like sexist ideas embedded in them, there's already misogyny there, we're already seeing patriarchal ideas, especially with the rise of these social media influencers like Under Tate and things like that as well. And it does, that is where it starts. It starts with slut shaming, it starts with fiction blaming, it starts from that banter, her so called mm. banter. Like once we allow that to persist, that's how the higher levels would the sexual violent pyramids go on and, you know, it's really important that we get in at those early stages to call this out as yeah. sexual behaviour. And Orla, what, what do you say to people 
who are texting into the show and they're saying, you know, you get rid of all those things and Ashley Murphy might still have been killed and someone else in the future might still be killed. You know, it, 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 they, they don't see the connection, I guess, some people between the things that we're talking about. Not that they don't acknowledge maybe they're problematic. Maybe they don't like the idea that they're problematic. Maybe they enjoy them. Uh, but they, 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 they seek a disconnect between mm. those type of things and the kind of the random act of violence. Yeah, and I mean, like in one way, I think I understand that because of where we're at in our society, because we don't necessarily make the connections. So, I mean, it goes back, you know, to as the judge, you know, the judge referred to evil being in the room. And, and so that, you know, has to mean that we say, well, where does that come from? And what can we change in society so that that doesn't happen? It's not saying it's never going to happen, but but we need we need to be able to change how we how we think about violence against women. We need to be able to change our relationships with each other. You know how we see um, whether it's you know whether it's domestic violence, whether it's sexual violence, whether it's sexual harassment. We need to change all of that to create a very different society. And then the hope, I suppose, within that is that there's far less of that evil in our society. But we also need to change it because I was really struck by, you know, your piece, um, you know, in terms of talking to people um, where the woman says, yeah, but I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go out now on my own. So part of the impact of this is that women are really limiting their lives because they fear violence and, and the risk and the threat of it. And they've had experience of being out and maybe being shouted at, you know, if they're going out for a run. I know so many women who, who, who will not go out in the nighttime for, for runs, don't want to use public transport at nighttime. Um, so, so this is really limiting women's lives. So there's a real onus on us to bring about this change because this is not okay. And women should be able to live free from fear of male violence and to be able to make choices not restricted by fear. Gary, what do you then say to uh, those men who are listening who in kind of broad brushstrokes in agreement with everything they're hearing, but maybe they don't have, and this isn't a criticism of them because maybe I'm talking a little bit about myself, maybe they don't have the natural courage to call out their peers. It does take mm. a bit of courage to be the person in the WhatsApp group to say, oh, listen, that's, that's totally inappropriate. Yeah, I think it's a recognition that men's violence against women happens on a spectrum. It starts off at what mothers may consider the lower end of like street harassment, derogatory comments, um, bringing a person's personal lives into your changing rooms and discussing it as if it's for open viewing right up to the more extreme the extreme ends of violence against women and the murder of women, which we actually don't even have captured in the data at the moment. I mean, domestic homicides, if it was one thing that we could do from a state level, in terms of what I'd say to men, I suppose it's having been... When we tell... When we talk... When, like, talking to... Like fiance, the people in my life who I love, when she talks to me about looking over her shoulder, she's not looking over her shoulder for a particular man. She's not like she's looking over her shoulder for any man. Um, and it's becoming aware of that. It's becoming conscious of that. Look, for me, Tom Marr, like having conversations with Tom Marr was really eye opening yeah. for me. It's actually having those conversations with men who've actually been able to kind of learn through tragedy not everyone gets that opportunity I appreciate but seeing herself as having a role within that men's violence against women is insidious we are part of that we need to be part of the change and we can't separate ourselves from it what's the name of his book again it's the monster myth 
It's the monster mouth. Well, Sarah Benson as well mentioned uh, Jackson Katz, K-A-T-Z, as the antidote uh, to uh, Andrew Tate uh, as well online. So I want to give another plug uh, to uh, his YouTube channel. Uh, Gary, thanks for coming in studio. Gary Gannon, Social Democrat TD for Dublin Central. Eve McDowell, who's the co-founder of Stalking Ireland. And Orla O'Connor uh, of the National Women's Council. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.